Hello everyone, this is Justin Vaughn with MirrorMed Global Services. And our article today is entitled, How to Tell When Telehealth is Warranted. One of the first tasks of a clinician or healthcare facility when encountering a patient is to determine a diagnosis and course of treatment. Where and how will this determination be made and by whom? With the recent promotion and extension of virtual medicine, including telehealth services, many hospital workers are wondering, when is it appropriate to utilize telehealth in this determination process? Is there a checklist that makes the decision to go virtual more supportable? This section is entitled, Set a Standard. Back in April of 2020, when COVID-19 was ramping up, Raleigh General Hospital announced that one of its associated medical groups was adding virtual visits to its available array of services. The announcement specified criteria under which a patient would be able to access such services. It began by saying, quote, for patients who meet certain clinical criteria, end quote. Now this conditional phrasing which seemed to indicate that the group and or hospital had already developed a set of clinical standards that would first have to be met before telehealth would be made available. The announcement continued, quote, Virtual visits may not be available in all cases and will be evaluated based on a patient's specific clinical needs, end quote. All of this points to an action that other facilities would do well to follow, and that is to set a standard for appropriately allowing the provision of telehealth. This by implication means that the hospital must also set certain limits as to its utilization. Decision makers should meet and determine which patient diagnoses, conditions, and proposed treatments should be funneled into the virtual silo as opposed to those demanding an in-person encounter. All of this is well and good, but where would one begin in making such determinations? Well, rather than reinventing the wheel, it may be helpful to see what other facilities have come up with in this regard. This section is entitled, Begin the Process. According to a December 30 report in the New England Journal of Medicine, or NEJM, Catalyst in Care Delivery, UCLA Health has been in the process of creating a set of protocols to help providers determine when it is appropriate to deliver care to patients via a virtual approach. Back in April and July of 2020, UCLA Health surveyed primary care physicians about their use of telehealth. The survey revealed that most of these providers agreed that the decision to utilize telehealth should be based on a, quote, careful assessment of the risks and benefits associated with each approach, end quote. The December 30 report went on to state, quote, especially outside of the pandemic, when the risk of visiting physicians' offices is very low, there are circumstances in which telehealth should not be used, such as for a patient with chest or abdominal pain, end quote. 
The report then went on to describe helpful considerations in devising a triage-style approach for scheduling telehealth instead of in-person visits. They are as follows. Number one, form a multidisciplinary team, including clinical, operational, and financial stakeholders, to analyze and implement changes that increase the system's ability to provide high-quality virtual care. Number two, when developing triage protocols, particularly during an active pandemic surge, consider risks associated with both virtual and in-person care. Consult providers, operators, and patients to identify red flags to indicate when virtual care is appropriate. Number three, establish performance metrics and collect regular feedback from physicians, staff, and patients to continuously improve and refine triage protocols. Of course, these recommendations are just the start of the process. You'll also need to have a full understanding of the Medicare and commercial payer rules involving the prerequisites for and billing of telehealth services. For the Medicare rules, our readers are directed to go to the CMS Regulations and Guidance website. This section is entitled, Develop the Details. One of the basic considerations in determining when telemedicine is warranted was advanced by the World Health Organization, or WHO, WHO, which stated the following in a February 2020 advisory. Consider using telemedicine to evaluate suspected cases of COVID-19 disease thus minimizing the need for these individuals to go to healthcare facilities for evaluation, end quote. So suspected COVID symptoms is one of the items you will want to include on your telemedicine triage checklist. Another may involve at-risk population groups. Recall that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, provided waivers early on in the viral outbreak in the United States that allowed expanded telemedicine access to Medicare patients, in other words, seniors. Since most studies that seek to find contributing factors in COVID deaths have determined that the elderly are at high risk, seniors, it would seem logical to develop specific protocols for utilizing telemedicine as it pertains to this particular population group. This section is entitled, Consider Some Examples. According to a report in Modern Healthcare, Bergen New Bridge Medical Center in Paramus, New Jersey, created a dedicated telemedicine service for COVID-19 in just, quote, a few hours, end quote. Here's how it works per the report. Number one, patients concerned about the virus dial a hotline for a screening with a nurse. Number two, if the patient needs further evaluation, the nurse will then refer them to a video consultation with an infectious disease specialist. Number three, nurses use the CDC's guidelines to screen patients for COVID-19, which include asking about a patient's travel history and exposure to the virus, as well as their symptoms. Number four, 
Obviously, there can be limitations to telemedicine screenings. For example, clinicians wouldn't be able to listen to a patient's lungs without specialized equipment, and definitive diagnoses may require laboratory testing. Therefore, if hospital personnel suspect that one of these patients may have coronavirus, a staff member contacts the Department of Health to coordinate an assessment with the agency's epidemiologist. Another hospital, one located in the state of Washington, has rolled out an online chat box, interestingly, that screens patients who are worried about COVID-19. Uh, the system suggests for the patient next steps to include a telemedicine or in-person visit, depending on the severity of their symptoms. Again, there is the standard being set by this Washington hospital which is dependent on the severity of the patient's symptoms. Hospitals around the country are making use of different strategies to determine when to deploy telehealth services. If you feel your facility may be lacking in this area, you may want to explore what other hospitals are doing, including any decision trees that may have been developed by these facilities. The government has also developed a decision tree in this regard, and it can be seen on page 151 of a CMS resource that can be accessed by going to the uh, CMS website. That website is entitled COVID-19, Frequently Asked Questions, or FAQs in parentheses, on Medicare fee-for-service FFS, in parentheses, billing. That's at cms.gov. As we begin a new year, it is our hope at Miramed Global Services that joy and success find their way into the lives of our readers and that 2021 will be a year of great strides in the fight against disease. Please reach out to us if you have a comment or are interested in our business solutions. Simply go to info at miramedgs.com. Thank you so much.